0: Welcome to the podcast where you eavesdrop into conversations between my friends and I on a weekly basis. My name is Lily Joe. I'm a singer, songwriter, and I perform shows all over the world. I'm a qualified counselor and an emotional well-being coach. You can also check out my award-winning online mental health resource, the Lily Joe Project. I know you will find gems of wisdom within the conversations that I have with my friends. Hopefully, you will find tools and resources that you can hold on to, try and test for yourself all around the important subject of mental health and personal development. I am so pleased to welcome you to today's episode of Eavesdrop. This week, I'm in conversation with one of my dancers, Moses Yao. Originally from Nigeria, we talk all about his experience moving to the UK as a child, dealing with racial prejudice in school and the importance of having strong role models as a young person. Why not grab a brew, stay tuned, you are welcome to Eavesdrop. I've got to know Moses over the last 12 months. Yes. He calls me mum.
1: I do indeed. <laughs>
0: Which is very endearing, <laughs> and um, we've been traveling together, going to gigs and shows across the UK, which has been lots of fun. We've got lots more ahead this year as well, which is exciting. Can I know, mate? Can I Moses is here, and at gigs over the last year, I've often stopped mid-set to ask Moses some questions because I think it's really important that young people get a perspective not only from me as a young woman, but also they get perspective from strong males. And I feel like Moses is a really good example of a strong male. So he's joining me today. So hello, Moses.
1: Hello. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) That's very formal. (laughs) So we're about to do a rehearsal, so I thought I'd grab Moses for a quick moment just beforehand and talk about... His experience of growing up in Bonnie Scotland. Before we start, can you do your Scottish accent for us?
1: Well, it's great to be here in um, Eavesdrop, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Moses Yao. I am 25 years old. I grew up most of my life in Scotland. And I do apologise if the (laughs) accent is not as authentic as it was when I moved down from Bonnie Aberdeen 11 years ago, Ah. but... This is the best that I can muster at this moment in time.
0: So, you, so your <laughs> accent really has changed. Yes. Living in Manchester, did you just feel like you had to adapt quickly to fit in?
1: Yes, I did. And um, whether that was through peer pressure at the time or just the feeling of feeling left out and wanted to be part of the community or the, the guys, the lads I went to high school with, yes, I felt like I needed to change to adapt to my surroundings.
0: Yeah, wow. And do you feel like that's something that young people do regularly?
1: Whether consciously or subconsciously, yes.
0: We all just all want to All of fit them in. do it, everyone I, does yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Everyone wants to have a feeling of belonging and identity, whether it be with oneself, school, um, culture, religion, race. Everyone wants to be able to identify with something right. and with a general populace. Because as creatures of human beings, we all want that sense of family, having that sense of togetherness and belonging. So it's only natural that when you see in a lot of high schools or in young groups, they, a lot of the time, anyone that is seen as like a black sheep, so to say, is either sidelined and demonized or they just conform to the rules of that society, if you will. What did your parents do growing up? My mum was, while we were still in Nigeria, she was a university lecturer and taught in sociology of education and I know a lot of different areas as well. And I know when we moved over to the UK, she continued to do a master's degree at the University of Aberdeen. To this day, I still forget what she mastered and I feel terrible about that. (laughs) But I know that she did serve as a civil servant in Aberdeen for the majority of the time we were there. And she worked in both the Aberdeen City and Aberdeenshire councils as an equalities officer. So again, working with a lot of people from different backgrounds, different communities and making sure that at least our basic equal rights and such were being met in Scotland. And it was only brought known to me, i say a couple of years ago at the same ACCF Easter retreat in, that was being held in Aberdeen. They were doing a presentation And it was very surprising to both my sister and and I to know that my mum was part of the board of African and Caribbean councilmen and politicians within the UK that petitioned to have the UK census changed on the ethnic background section. Because previously it was, say, white, Asian, and black, or even just other. But now, when you notice that it has all the diff- like the differences, whether it's African, African-British, Caribbean, Caribbean-British, or maybe other whatever, but, but pre- how it was previously, how it just literally put everyone into one little box, when really, like, we're not really, you can't box us like that, because again, we're all different, even though you can say all Africans are the same. No, we're not because there are at least in all the vast countries in Africa, you'll see differentiations in mm-hmm. each and every single mm-hmm. one. And so the fact that even then knowing that my mum was part of that group to make sure that at least of the, the African or the black voice was being heard within the UK, even on that low level, mm-hmm. it was something that actually inspired me. And then my dad has worked in the NHS. Well, I was worked as a doctor, was practicing as mm-hmm. a general doctor in Nigeria and then came to the UK again. To be honest, he was the reason we came because on, when he decided to continue his medical degree and which I've been informed by many of his medical colleagues over the years that my dad has, is one of the few doctors to achieve one of the highest accolades in medicine, which is why he's actually part of uh, one of the alumni within medicine as well, within, within the UK. And now, sir, works as a ear, nose and throat consultant at Wintershot Hospital and occasionally teaches as well. So, both highly educated parents, both great inspirations to both me and my sister. And for them to do that in Nigeria, come out to the UK, continue that, and then raise us out here, it's just. Like awe-inspiring, but also at the same time a very tough act to follow.
0: So, how was it for you then, coming from Nigeria? Moses is a young black male, mm-hmm. and coming from that culture into Scottish culture, what on earth was that like for you?
1: Well, the, I was born in Nigeria. I didn't leave until I was about one. Okay. So, even though at the time it didn't. I didn't notice straight away, but what was what did make the transition something for me to realize and notice was how growing up, as for most children, and especially for toddlers and infants, as we all know, I can't remember exactly when it happened, but I knew it was it was in primary school and obviously living in, living in the UK moving around like for a lot of people that have migrated. To maintain being here especially for those that came down around the 90s or so the 80s we needed to maintain being here for at least 10 or so years uh-huh. so during that time we did move around a lot mm. for my parents finding work and such to maintain us being here so i did move through schools a lot as well so even though it was something that i eventually got used to by the time i got to manchester but mm. again moving from school to school to school it was new experiences, meeting new faces, getting to know people again, having to conform to a whole new different society. <laughs> the first time it happened, and you was in primary school, can't remember which primary school or which city, but I remember the first time someone called me uh, Darkie, mm. which is one of the terms that they used to use in Scotland a lot when I was when I was younger. Don't know if they still use it now, but mm. it was then. And I remember hearing it, and obviously arguing about saying, I'm not a darkie, because I didn't know what that was yep. until I got, I don't know if it was either my parents or one of the older kids had to explain it to me. Mm. And it was from that moment that I realised that, oh, I, I am actually different from yeah. the rest of everyone else.
0: You know, it's so interesting you talking about that because it's just reminded me of me growing up. Mm. And I grew up in quite a white middle-class area. And my dad is Jamaican and my mum's English, mm. so... But I just didn't see colour. I just didn't see my dad being different mm-hmm. to my mum at oh. all. It just was not a thing in my mind. And I was just trying to think then, when was the first time that I noticed it was different? But I think what was really amazing for me, and this is just really lucky, or people might say it's God, or I don't know, mm. but I had another family on our street that mm. lived in a little cul-de-sac and there was another family who had a black mum and a white dad and I okay. had a black dad and a white mum right. and the girls, they had two twin girls obviously twins, uh, were mixed race like me mm-hmm. and then my cousins were all mixed race mm-hmm. and I hung out with them a lot so there was a lot of people that, that looked like me when I didn't even realise they looked like me even though we lived in quite a white area so exactly,
1: like it's similar to me Regardless, and you even see now, same anywhere you go, little communities, again, identity, wanting to belong. Whether we left Nigeria and came to the UK, until it was mentioned to me, I had no difference Mm. to tell, okay, I'm black, he's white, he's Asian, he's pink, he's green, or whatever colors you want to call people.
0: Season two of Eavesdrop is kindly sponsored by MediConf. MediConf promote excellence in health education throughout the UK. For more information on MediConf, go to mediconf.co.uk. Please find the links in the description box below. So describe to me what your teenage years were like. What was it like for you growing up?
1: Let's see. There's two versions of that. There's the Scottish teenage years and the English teenage years. Because ironically enough, both very different experiences.
0: Mm.
1: In Scotland, although I feel like it's because the difference being like the communities, like again, the community where I lived, the school that I went to, and at the times due to, again, work arrangements and such, which parent I was living with. Growing up in Scotland in my teenage years, when it was me, my mum and my sister at the time living up there, it was, I say it was, that was when I was very temperamental. Like I feel like that was the closest I got to completely derailing and ending up in, like I said, one of those worst situations that a lot of young men or even young, a lot especially for young black men, get into because, and one thing that I didn't want to really admit at the time, but if I don't acknowledge it, then it will just damage me to begin with. But it was because my dad wasn't there. Mm. But I never saw it as that because I knew my both parents, both of them were happily married. It's just a case of getting the citizenship, get maintain, getting the permanent right for us to live, work, Contribute to this economy and nation, and then be able to live out our lives here. But at that time, subconsciously, all my mind was thinking is, where's my dad? Where's my male figurehead? Where's my male role model? Where's the only person in this immediate house that would be able to understand me and explain to me what changes that I'm going through and how to deal with them? But because obviously he wasn't there every day. He would come up to visit, whether he was working in Dundee or in Blackpool, Manchester, Warrington, or even down at Halifax at one point. He would always make an effort to come up either at least twice a week, twice a month, or at least take time off to stay for a week, maybe a month or so, just rack up all his holiday days and just take it out in one go. And so with that happening, it was a lot of adolescents getting in trouble in school, Detentions, suspensions, almost being kicked out of school, fighting and arguing a lot with my parents, with my mum and my sister, and spending a lot of time trying to understand what it was like to be like a young male or a man from all my peers and friends around me and people that were older than me. But at the same time, we were all going through the exact same thing of dealing with the prejudice of growing up in Scotland mm-hmm. as an African, because at the end of the day, we, we, we can never escape that fact that even in England or across the entire UK, anyone of color will deal with that prejudice. And that prejudice can start literally from looking at the name before you even see the skin color. The fact that the name itself that can start the prejudice because names can instantly tell anyone what that where you're from or at least where you're not from and so speaking to a lot of them trying to get advice some of the things that they'd either tell me were good advice or maybe all right advice but probably not the best advice for me to follow and other ones were just downright awful advice which i knew not to do either because i knew what my mum would do to me if i did it and so I thought I'd choose not doing that because I like being able to sit down properly. <laughs> 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 <Sure>. <laughs> hey, my mama was a strong African woman, and I never want to mess with her. <laughs> but she's an angel now, so I love that. But and so dealing, with, and then also having to some of the young lads that I to as well. Like for them, with their dads not being there, they didn't know what kind of advice or what to say to me either it was just a case of trying to understand it. And then when I go home and trying to talk it out with my mom, it's where the whole, I'd say maybe the biological differences between, between my mum and myself. And, and then also, again, background experience, because her mindset, majority of her perspective on life was raised and reared from Nigeria. And so... For her to try and understand the perspective of life of her son growing up in Scotland, as much as she could have tried to do her best to explain things to me and to talk to me and to help me go through what I was going through, I'd say she did her best, because obviously, thank God, I am here where I am now and not in any of those situations. But at the same time, I feel like with my dad being there it would have helped mm. but at the same time if i had found someone that i'd known that was say third or second generation nigerian but lived in scotland that would have been that would have helped as well because then they've been able to help sp- explain to me about or oh, oh, everything like that what you're going to go through what you're going to experience and such
0: so but- how important is it then for young boys mm. to have an older role model that they
1: can look to. Paramount. So very important. Because for a lot of young men, because growing up in this world, and to be honest, regardless of where you live, whether it be your own community or a complete alien community to what you know, having Mm. someone that understands you, whether it be a male or a female, having someone that understands you has been through what you've gone through or knows of people that have been through what you've gone through, it helps. Mm-hmm. Because being understood in my personal experience and opinion is probably one of the most relieving and most satisfying moments that I could experience or know and bring to mind. Because anytime that I could talk to someone about something, but then that look on the face of, I can't, imagine or picture that kind of thing going on so I could tell you what I might do but I don't know but having say an older brother or an uncle or a cousin or auntie grandparent, immediate parent being there to explain to you how life is going to be difficult, this is what's going to happen, this is how you might want to go down the route, this is all the possible routes you could go down, but at the end of the day, I've been through it, Mm. and even if I've not been through it, I will help you get through it as much as I can.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so good. So it's having that person who's maybe just slightly removed from your immediate situation Mm. that gets it and can be that other voice positive voice in your head yes good so any single mums out there who have got you know daughters or sons Mm. maybe it is a real great piece of advice this to just kind of find someone in your world that your daughter or your son can look up to and be inspired by and ask them will you help me Uh you know you don't have to single parent on your own you know is there someone who can Really help you on this journey, and I think, you know, I know my son really enjoys spending time with you because <laughs> you're just old, older than him, cool.
1: I'm an overgrown child, of course.
0: That you are an overgrown child, <laughs> but I think it's really important for him to have someone like you. Mm. You know, he's got a father figure. Luckily, yes, and we don't take that for granted. Mm. But you know, having those external people that you can go to and know, oh, actually, I want to chat to Moses about Mm. this. Growing up, I'm really looking for those people. So just something to think about, really, if you're listening today and and you're worried about your kids embarking on the teenage years or or whether you've got a teenager right now um, that needs some extra support. Maybe that's something that you can take from this episode. Yes. How did you overcome this situation Mm. of feeling abandoned, oh strong word, mm. by potentially your earthly father in your moment of need. Mm. Did you find ways to cope that were healthy? And if you did, what were those things that you did? Well,
1: just before I continue to answer that, what I will say is it was not just with that, but feeling like abandoned earthly father, but also on top of that is I feel like another key area as a touch, again, because obviously, like you said, young black men in depression, it's the sense of, again, identity, because for me, growing up in Scotland, I knew for a fact I didn't belong there, because when I realised that I'm not traditionally Scottish, this is not where I belong. England, again, same, similar thing. But then even when I go back home to Nigeria to visit my family there, because, again, my reality and perspective isn't the same, and i don't understand nigerian culture fully and i don't even understand my own tribal culture fully again so honestly i'd say i feel like i genuinely don't belong anywhere mm. so it's a case of so in those situations and then to go back and answer that question it's finding it's literally to find a sense of belonging somewhere hence why so many young lads end up in criminal activities everyone's families are all connected whether it be them and their single mums there so they'll all be able to connect if anyone needs to stay at someone's house because they'll be kicked out of their own home by their mum they can go stay at this person's house and be raised there this person will put them up look after them if they ever need money like their mum is struggling to pay the bills or whatever one of the orders will just easily from wherever he got the money from be able to just help feed them because there is no father to take up that position for them and so again with me finding a sense of belonging. So whether it be in the church, joining groups like the choir, the dance group, the drama, school, sports teams, um, different groups or whatnot, just any kind of social aspect where it's a sense of you can find your identity and belonging, that would be the best, one of the best ways to do it because not only are you being proactive, and taking your mind off that loss of identity and that loss of belonging and that feeling of being abandoned and being neglected, you're substituting it with like a family kind of collective and a sense of understanding to an extent, even if it's on a common subject, whether it be the sports team, the musical group, even if it's a comic book society or whatnot or a film club, Whichever it is, mm. because there's that sense of we're all here for the same purpose, we all understand that purpose and we all understand each other to a degree, Yeah, that helps a long way. So it's
0: finding your tribe, isn't it? Yes. It's finding the people that you can connect with. Maybe you can't connect culturally, mm. but you can connect through dance and sport Definitely. and music and that Definitely. kind of thing. So I guess for anyone listening, if you're feeling lonely, if you feel like you don't belong, if you feel like... ...almost an alien in the place that you found yourself. Find a place to connect. Find a connection point... ...because you don't have to suffer in silence. You don't have to be on your own. Mm -hmm. There are people out there with similar hobbies... ...and similar interests to you... ...but it is about being brave enough to step out... ...and find those people. And actually, when you're feeling low... ...or you're feeling neglected... ...you don't feel like you want to step out... ...and go and meet some new people at drama club. That's the Mm -hmm. last thing you feel like doing... But can I just encourage you today that actually... That's
1: the best moment to go to someone. That is the
0: time when you need it most. It's the time when you need to really just push the boundaries of yourself, make yourself really uncomfortable, and go and do the thing that's going to make you feel that connection that you need. Well, it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. We shall now get on and dance.
1: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here.
0: On the podcast, we cover a range of sensitive topics and perspectives, some of the points raised in this episode you may strongly agree with or strongly disagree with. I want to know who you are and what you think. Last season, we had so many downloads, but we don't know who you are. I want to get to know you. I really want to hear your thoughts and continue the conversation. And that's why I've created a brand new Facebook group. You can find the link to the group in the podcast description or you can search for Lily Joe Presents Eavesdrop on Facebook. On joining the group, we would like you to fill out a very short questionnaire and in return, you will be entered into our competition for a chance to win some Lily Joe merchandise plus a day in the studio with us as we record season three of Eavesdrop. The winner will be announced on Friday the 22nd of March so don't miss out on this opportunity to connect in this way. I am so excited to get to know you. I will see you in the group. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please be sure to subscribe and if you're feeling generous, why not share with your friends? Please check the description box below for extra links and further information to some of the topics discussed in today's episode also you'll find information about what's coming next for further information top tips and advice on all kinds of mental health issues including low mood anxiety self-harm eating disorders and more please do check out www.thelilyjoeproject.com you can find my music across all digital platforms including spotify and itunes see you next time 2019 and 2020 I will be touring high schools across the UK and Europe with my Let's Talk About Mental Health Interactive and Fun Workshop 75% of those with a mental health condition start developing it before the age of 18. That's why I believe it's so important to let young people know what to do if they are struggling with a mental health condition and how to maintain good mental health. If you would like me to lead this workshop at your school, please do get in touch, email us admin at com, or why not check out our schools pack which is www.thelilyjoeproject.com forward slash schools we can't wait to meet you are you feeling stuck do you need a little help to get your life back on track do you have big dreams but don't know where to start why not book a session with me where we can explore together your dreams and turn them into a reality i offer life coaching to individuals through my unstoppable life coaching business why not find a link in the description box below and book today and don't forget to use the unique discount code eavesdrop for an extra 10% off looking for an interactive workshop on how to overcome low self-esteem for your next festival youth event or schools workshop why not book me lily joe to lead my brand new i am worthy workshop where i teach best practices on how to overcome low self-esteem this workshop is not just for girls but it's for your guys as well find a link in the description box below to book today and don't forget to use the unique discount code eavesdrop for 10% off.